0: Hey, welcome back to another Get Geekish podcast. You are joined by your hosts, Bino and Derek. Woo! Say hi to the people, Derek. Hi, people. (laughs) Uh, Appreciate you taking the time to join us for a a few minutes of uh, nerdy, geeky debauchery. I don't want to go that far, but uh, we thought we're going to do a little bit of nostalgia this week because tis the season for toys coming up, and it's always fun to get a little nostalgic and think back to the toys of yesteryear. So we decided to pick a year and uh, we decided to go with 1991 as our throwback for <laughs> this particular conversation. It was the year that the cold war came to an end. Pan Am filed for bankruptcy. Operation desert storm began. The giants beat the bills in super bowl 25 space shuttle. Columbia carried the space lab space lab life sciences, module to orbit. Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested. The Soviet union was devo- dissolved. And we got the Super Nintendo Entertainment
1: System. It's a big (laughs) year. Yeah, well, and I I had to Google when the Super Nintendo came out. It came out, like, November of 1990, but we all know that's close enough to 91 because a lot of kids were on their Christmas vacation, New Year's vacation when it rolled over into 91. And that's probably when it, you know, I would say it became more popular than anything.
0: Yeah. And in honesty, it it makes my heart hurt a little bit to think back that 1991 was 30 years ago. <laughs> but mm-hmm. things have changed a little bit now. Things when they had to roll out things before the the shipping and distribution and marketing took a lot longer. If you were going to get a new gaming system out to all the stores and advertise it, you were, you know, months or years ahead of the game before it had to happen. Now they turn some of that
1: stuff around in weeks and months sometimes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Hundred and thirty nine ninety nine for a Super NES Super Set with Mario. What's that in today money? Well, let's find out. Uh, what, what was your favorite Super Nintendo game? Uh see, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I my friends did. You still play it all the
0: time? Oh yeah. If, I, you, if you were like me, I remember go to the electronics section at Walmart when my mom would go shopping and play the demo version of it. For the first fifteen minutes before it reset and turned off over and over and over and over and over again.
1: I would honestly have to say, like, just Super Mario World, like the classic Yoshi theme. You know, just it kind of just sticks with you, and that that one's always had a had a place. And then I remember. There was a Star Wars game on there that I used to play at my babysitter's house because she had a Super Nintendo. She was cool like that. And I played that one on there. Mm. And that game was hard as hell.
0: There was a few more. It took things next level because the graphics were a step up. The sound was a step up. But the precision of gameplay was still lacking in a few spots. Yeah. (laughs) So according to in 2013 dollars it would have $100 would have been about $191. So I'd guess in today's dollars that uh, Super Nintendo would probably be about $250. You hear that PlayStation? You hear that Microsoft? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to get a freaking
0: second mortgage to get a new gaming system.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a lot of good games and the Super Nintendo did a lot of cool stuff and also, you know, Sega was right behind it with the Sega Genesis. In kind of creating and starting the console wars in the '90s, so that was that was always fun. It but was
0: they, they had a bunch of good games, and it, they and they didn't, there was still the crossover because the Super Nintendo came out, but the original Nintendo was still going strong at that point too. In '91, mm-hmm. they had things. Uh, what games have I had to list of here? Um, Battle Toads, Skater Die, Smash TV, Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, those all came out in '91. And on the big Christmas list last year, because I, I found an old JCPenney catalog from 91, uh, Mario 2, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, and Star Tropics were some of the big headlined advertised games for sale Christmas in
1: 91. Dude, Battletoads was such a hard game. That's. I think that's one game that I've never beaten. Like, I, I've, they did, without, they did a, with, a kind of reboot of it. without a yeah. Game Genie. I'd say I never used one. I wasn't hip enough to have a Game Genie. Like they redid Battletoads, kind of. They like rebooted it a little bit for this gen, and I played through it, and it's still difficult in times, but it's the humor's still there, and it's it's over the top and fun, and they kind of make fun of themselves for that old game. But I remember just playing that old the Battletoads game on my Game Gear, and I was just like, Argh. so frustrated. Especially the
0: like Game Gear on that tiny, tiny little screen. <laughs> Dude,
1: when you're a kid, that's not a tiny screen.
0: <laughs> that is true. But, I, I I think back when I was playing my Nintendo and first Super Nintendo days, I was excited to be playing on like a 19-inch a big screen TV. Like, you hear that, kids? <laughs> you got cell phones bigger than a living room TV
1: used to be. With better resolution. <laughs> How many pixels do you even need? <laughs> All right. So you said you have the J.C. Penny catalog. Uh, well, I have a couple pages from it on there. God, you gotta love. You gotta love that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I feel. I feel like kids they miss that because they get see toys everywhere. But those catalogs, J.C. had one, Sears had the, pretty much the same catalog, and they were like phone books. That's not even. What's an analogy? It's like a novel. <laughs> We I mean, were talking six to nine hundred pages of everything these stores have to offer. So you always find the toys section, and there'd be 10 or 20 pages of nothing but toys. And you just circle them on there and give the list to your parents and hope that they'd listen to you and get any of them. And you never really got many of them. But it was always fun every year. I don't
1: know how many how many times you, oh, just circle the things in the catalog. What do you get in from his list? None of that stuff. I think <laughs> that's what those catalogs, you know, the JCPenney catalog, the Toys R Us catalog, those helped us with disappointment as adults. Because <laughs> it was always one of those ones, you get your anticipation up, you're like, oh my gosh, they're giving me this catalog, I have this wish book here, I get to circle what I want. And you went crazy, right? Mm-hmm. If you got even one of those, you were doing all right. But the chance that you would even get one thing that you circled was slim to none.
0: Yeah, but the, I'm, I'm sure you probably the same to too. There was at least one kid you knew that got all kinds of stuff off your list that didn't care about it at all. Like, oh, yeah, my mom got me some stupid G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. I, I threw it on back and lit it on fire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And I knew some of those. The, the and I'm looking at, like, it's funny you say the G.I. Joe thing, because I'm looking at one of them, and one of them is the G.I. Joe vehicle tent. Price twenty three ninety nine. It's a tent shaped like the G.I. Joe themed vehicle. It's made of flame retardant vinyl over PVC tube construction. I remember one of my friends had one of those and nine, I think nine the nine the nineties was really popular for those stupid like <laughs> themed tent things. Yeah, I mean they use the term tent loosely. <laughs> it's some cheap, cheap
0: PVC pipe in a square with a plastic vinyl covering that was probably strong enough to make you pass out from the plastics they used in it that had a G.I. Joe logo and loosely resembled a van, but then there was that cool little inflatable turret gun on the front. <laughs> it didn't shoot anything. It didn't make any noise. It didn't even point the right direction, but you got to think you were an armored personnel carrier with a turret gun on top of it while you were sleeping.
1: Right. Right. Or how about when your parents or your grandparents come up to you and go, "I know you wanted that Game Boy or that new Nintendo system, but here I'm giving you a Tiger Electronics handheld game. This one's Bart versus the Space Mutants." You seem I, to like the Simpsons.
0: I had those things, and even having them, I hated them. They were so awful. There's not awful. much you can do with them. There's like three buttons, but you didn't even do anything. It's just memorizing. It's it's basically a glorified Simon. You couldn't actually do any strategy. It's you just have to push up at the right time. Down at the right time Doesn't matter what's Happening in the game You just
1: do Doot Doot Oh! And, and then the next level Would speed up a little bit more Then the next level Would speed up a little bit more And then You didn't usually Make it too far And then you had to restart Ooh this must be a boss This stick figure Has a hat <laughs> And that Is right there Retailed at $17.99 <laughs>
0: uh, One toy figure That I think For some reason I remember really Wanting it Swamp Thing DC and Vertigo Comics had a short-lived TV series that came out in the early 90s, which was a, a kind of kind of a decent one. You know, Didn't last very long. But they had their own toy line with it. So they had the Swamp Thing, Swamp playset that looked like it might have been pieces of like a Star Wars playset from when they found Yoda just like rehashed with some different colors and thrown on it. But the commercials made Swamp Thing so intense, like... I never watched Swamp Thing, but I really wanted a Swamp Thing toy.
1: I had, I, we watched Swamp Thing and I had his action figure and I, that thing smelled so weird, (laughs) but, oh man, I forgot about that.
0: Am I the only one that you, you you mentioned the smells on there, but some of these toys had such specific odors. Like when you first cracked open a Ninja Turtle from its package, it had that super, super distinct vinyl plastic smell that no other toy had the exact smell of.
1: It's true. And it's funny because you say that. I just I just got hit in the, f- like the memory receptors again with something that I used to have. So, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, you know the Kevin Costner movie?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Came out in 91. I was obsessed with that movie, and I still really enjoy that movie. That's a good but one. But I... W- I was obsessed with it. And they had their own toy, toy line with that, right? They had, I had the Will Scarlet. I had Robin Hood. I don't think I had the Sheriff. I might have. I don't remember. But then I also had like the little tree setup, where it was like three trees in the Sh- little bridges. Sherwood Forest. <laughs> yeah. I had the Sherwood Forest set up. And what's funny is those figures, they had cloth clothing on them. So like it was like that weird little felt clothing. And I remember, you know, I'd play with them in the bathtub. That felt clothing got real grimy after a while. But even those toys, like I remember, I think it was Will, when you first got them, and you cracked it open like that, it had such a distinct smell to it. And it might be why I can't remember stuff now because I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> But I'm
0: huffing action figures.
1: I totally <laughs> forgot about that playset. Oh, that was so much fun.
0: I think in some of the ones too, there was one that, uh, the He-Man action figures. My buddy had, one of my friends growing up was one of those kids that his parents bought him all this stuff. Like, I had a handful of Ninja Turtles and he had four bins full of Ninja Turtles. I had three or four He-Man characters. He had four bins and five playsets of He-Man characters. We had all the kind of stuff. But, the He-Man ones had the big plastic bodies with little tiny rubber heads on them. Yep. And a couple of those had a very distinct smell. There was one bad guy that was a skunk. And it was supposed to smell awful, but whatever they'd done to that rubber, it smelled like a delicious scratch and sniff sticker. <laughs> so we are to his house, and we get the bad skunk guy, to put their playing like, Yeah, okay, we're going to get you, he He-Man. He-Man. <laughs> Like, it was well, some some i don't know if i got a faulty one that they like mixed it up with a strawberry shortcake scent or something cuz it was supposed <laughs> to be skunk or something it smelled awful and repelled bad people but the toy that was supposed to reek smelled like dessert
1: <laughs> well that's that's so funny cuz i mean how many times were we sitting in class in like 91 92 with those stupid markers those miss, scented miss, Mr. markers Sense?
0: yeah <laughs> you all have different, different colored markers on the bottom yeah. of your nose. What are you doing? And then nothing? you know you...
1: <laughs> and it's like once a month you forget that you tried it, but you're like, I wonder. And then you lick it, and you're like, nope, it doesn't taste like how it smells.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one that tried that, because there was such high hope. She's Like, just once it's going to taste like licorice.
1: Well, it's just... It's something nope. about... Because I remember, I remember using those in school, and I'm pretty sure those were around in 91. Um... But yeah, you're just sitting there like using them and you're, oh, that smells good, and then when you get one that's been you know huffed too many times or like the caps left open, like the smell kind of like mutates to something else, and then you do you try to do that whole like almond oh, mix smells, and then you ruin a marker by turning the tip like a yellow one <laughs> like it doesn't smell like lemon anymore
0: ever again, it's all ruined <laughs> all right, back to nineteen ninety one uh we we mentioned Ninja Turtles in that last conversation. Commercial from 1991, a toy that I wanted really badly, never got, was the Technodrome. It was a release for Christmas in 91. And a commercial of the thing I'll put on the, the blog for the website where you can relive your youth with some of that thing. I've seen that commercial and just wanting that Technodrome so bad. The thing was huge, but as far as a representation that was on the show, loosely based on seems to be giving it extra credit it was a big plastic ball with an eyeball on top of it and you opened it up and there were some different torture devices and chambers inside, which meant that there was four or five des- dividers and a couple stickers on the wall. It was like looking back at it now, I'm very glad my mom didn't waste her money getting that for me.
1: <laughs> I think I wanted Krang though, because wasn't there like a, like there's the little Krang, but wasn't there one that was...
0: I had the Krang in his bodysuit.
1: Yeah, but the, but he was like... Not your normal action figure size. He was... Oh, yeah. He
0: was about... Like a foot. 10 10 inches tall, something like that. Yeah. We've talked about that before. I still have have pains from getting getting rid of that one. But I remember the Technodrome, because it was a main staple of the Ninja Turtles cartoons. When I was playing with those toys, I remember having this old green Tupperware bowl from my parents' kitchen that was always the Technodrome in my playtime. So I really wanted to upgrade to the Technodrome, but it never happened. Now... Were you into wrestling at all when you were young?
1: Yes. Okay. The WWF yeah, well, back what, what, in our day.
0: Yeah, but do you know what the names of it were before that? Kids, kids now might know it as the WWE. Before yeah. that, it was the WWF. Before that, it was the WWWF. And before that, it was the CWC. Hmm. The more you know. Ding. Do, do, do. Who, are your well, fa- who are your favorite wrestlers from the uh, WWF years?
1: Dude, Hulk Hogan, and him and Macho Man, Randy Savage, dude. So I'm pretty sure I used to have one. You remember those stupid body pillows? <laughs> that is oh. what is on my
0: list right in front of me right now. <laughs> I was gonna say everybody knew somebody that had some of those in their house.
1: Yeah, I think my buddy he had Macho Man and. Um, Let me guess, Hulk Big, Hogan. Oh, okay. Every everybody um,
0: I knew had to seemed to have Big Boss Man in their house.
1: Yeah. See, no, I know I. It was always either Hulk Hogan or Macho Man for me. Cause, and we'd go over there and like just hit each other with him and have pillow fights. and be like, oh, yeah. You know, just doing stupid stuff. But I don't remember if I had one briefly or if I'm just like, because, you know, when you get old, your memories start to blend a little bit, and you can't remember if you had it or you just played with it a lot at a friend's house. So <laughs> I don't think I had it, but that yep. was one of those ones where I was like, well, oh, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, d- I didn't have one of those either, but I think almost every friend I knew had those somewhere in the house or their older brothers have them.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. that was right at the age when like, the height of WWF popularity for high school kids was about when some of my friend's older brothers were in high school. So I think there was a lot of crossover, that kind of thing happening. But there were those pillows everywhere, like Sergeant Slaughter was one. But then there was also mm-hmm. the WWF table chairs, where it was the same characters, but instead of pillows, they were little plastic chairs you could sit in with little tables in the front that hurt yeah they were plastic they were comfortable and who in their right mind wanted to sit in hulk hogan's lap like who thought that was a good idea want to have some lunch come and sit on macho man's lap mind the speedo like <laughs> oh
1: yeah brother
0: <laughs> it just seemed like something was wrong with that. and and speaking of the i mean the commercial for the uh wrestling buddies they, That's
1: what they're called, wrestling buddies.
0: They got a cop that comes inside and then it's three little boys and their dad and the cop rolling around on the floor with the wrestling buddies. Like, I see that now. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there'd be some groups that have an issue with this commercial nowadays. <laughs> if you want to see it, go to the website. I'll put it on there for you. It's it's a little ridiculous.
1: Well, speaking of ridiculous, 91, there was a very popular show. Um, took part in San Francisco. You know, it was about... Uh, Three dudes raising some kids. You might know it by the name of Full House. Oh, yeah. But uh, because of that popularity, um, they, decided, they decided to release a little Michelle doll. You know, the Olsen twins were very popular on that show. I and, forgot they did that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, they took her, made her into a doll with, uh, when you hug her, she talks to you with six randomly selected phrases. Your little one will always be surprised. She has beautiful hair to play with and a cute outfit with her name on it. So,
0: Cute phrases such as,
1: you got it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to think of what other phrases besides her copying Joey saying cut it out. But like, you got it, dude, was like basically the only one, right? Well, we had
0: like the first couple years of the show, they couldn't even talk. They were legitimate babies.
1: <laughs> yeah. That could be yours for $23.99. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Another one that was a doll thing because Cabbage Patch Kids in the 80s were, you know, all over the place, but they were still popular in the early 90s. But I still remember the commercials for these, and I think my sister might have had one. But the Crimp and Curl Cabbage Patch Kids. They took the Cabbage Patch Kids with the creepy noses, and then they added hair. But then they put something in the hair, and it wasn't quite a wire, but you got a little plastic tool that went with it, and you could crimp all their hair. Now... Anyone that was alive in the late 80s knows what hair crimping is. I'm not sure if that's still a thing anybody does anymore. But you basically could take something like it's a flat iron but makes it waffly. So you crimp your hair and then it's little tight waves that go all the way down. Like it's something out of a geometric shape. So you got dolls that you got to crimp their hair and you could straighten it back out.
1: I knew somebody that had that. I think it was actually my friend's sister. Uh-huh. Or maybe it was my cousin. I don't know. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're sitting there and you can just like mess with it and, mm. and fold it.
0: Never, I never said the hairstyle. Maybe it was the growing up in the stereotypically <laughs> masculine frame, something like that. The idea of doing dolls' hair just never bothered me. The giving dolls bottles and putting their hair on and changing their clothes never, never made sense to me. Now... Changing the stickers on an action figure and posing it with weapons. I got all that down.
1: (laughs) What about, I mean, you know, girls had their little dolls that they could do the hair with. What about your, did you you ever want a little robot buddy?
0: We must have looked at the same list. That's next on my list, too. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want a robot buddy because I was just old enough that that was like a baby toy by the time I saw it.
1: You were, what, 11?
0: Yeah. Well, if you've, if you've seen this thing, it's a little clear doll, and it looks like something you'd find in the preschool section at Target now. Yeah. But My Pal 2? Yeah. It was made by Toy Biz, and he could do little things. Like, he could you play ring toss with him. He had little rings, and you'd throw them on the doingle thingy on his head, and he could catch a ball and throw it to you and move his arms, and he had a little basketball hoop sticking out of his belly. He didn't want you to put your balls through his hoop. And... For the for the 1991 time period, it was pretty advanced. But looking back on it, you see some of the. I mean, you can go buy a robot that does more than he does at the dollar store at this point
1: nowadays. I mean, you can get one that you can. Yeah, I was gonna say you can get one that you can control with your phone now. Mm Hmm. I don't know. There's something about that where you're looking at it, you're like that. It's pretty fun. Again, I didn't have that. My friend did. I remember sitting there just like throwing the ball at it and it was like, <laughs> that was another toy that had a weird smell about it. Really? All the parts.
0: Do you remember oh. Ghost writers, Not Ghost writer like Flaming Skull Marvel guy, but Ghost writers with a T. A
1: oh, yeah.
0: They were like the next generation of Etch-a-Sketches. Uh, so you could Uh-oh. draw on something and then it would you know, Be able to disappear but then with these ones you could bring it back It would, like save the image for you I don't know why they never caught on They're Way cooler than Etch-a-Sketch
1: <laughs> Etch-a-Sketch is like Yeah <laughs> They always Like I, even the ones where you could like, write with a pen And then wipe it made more sense to me than an Etch-a-Sketch
0: Etch-a-Sketch just seemed to give me anxiety <laughs> I know when you see
1: somebody who created a masterpiece on it, you're like, oh, man, if somebody sneezes while they're holding that, it's gone.
0: <laughs> you just holding the magnet over it. You're like,
1: hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Oh, man. What about the... Uh... God, I'm just looking at, like, the 90s was very doll-heavy because, like, that's when Water Babies came out, the soft rubber body ones that they sloshed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I remember I, that. I feel like it was the the Haiti of everything was super stereotypical. Everything was the same. Like you mentioned, your uh, Robin Hood characters. And if I recall, weren't those the action figures where there was an action figure line for almost every movie that came out, and there was like seven different characters that were in every series, but they just put a different coat on them or put a different color head on them or something like
1: that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like they had they used the same molding for everything.
0: Yeah, and there was not enough detail, so it looked, all the characters looked like they were a person that had kind of been melted like a candle. Oh, man. And then you get the ones with the bad paint jobs where, like, the black where the eyes is supposed to be is, like, halfway down on their cheek, or their red lips would be, like, pasted over where their ear was. You're like, Dude, right. that was, like,
1: half the G.I. Joes I got. What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: and all And all the commercials for things like G.I. Joes and the action figures... We're all little mini-action movies. You go to the G.I. Joe ones, and there's jump cuts and things flying over there, explosions and boulders falling down, and special effects, and then it f- f- pans back to a kid just sitting there holding it because it was supposed to be his imagination, but they made it look like he was actually doing all the... It was a bad time for overselling toys.
1: <laughs> you know what movie, like... Or movie, jeez, you know what toy, like... Was popular in the '80s, kind of, but I think it got more popular in the '90s, especially around like '91 ish, since it was carrying over from the '80s. That's like Teddy Ruxpin. Yep. Remember that creepy bear?
0: Yeah, he Teddy Ruxpin was an odd, odd thing. It was <laughs> like it was like what Furby evolved from. Of this talking bear that's head turned around and eyes rolled up into its head and said creepy things to you while it was trying to tell you how much it loved you.
1: (laughs) Had a very mechanical sound to it whenever it talked. (laughs) Would you like to
0: read a story with me?
1: You think there's any more working, there's got to be some working ones out there, right? (laughs) No, no. Don't you
0: dare. Don't you dare.
1: (laughs) Come on. Oh a, f- a vanilla ice electronic rap game I, I remember that being marketed really? Yeah, yep
0: I, it, well, it didn't help that that here's my thinking of vanilla ice like before he came into ninja Turtles, he had his hit song, and I was in wrestling at that time, and I went to wrestling practice with a kid that was lived close by a neighborhood that was a year younger than me, and his mom was our teacher at my elementary school and his mom short super bleach blonde spiky haired something rather she had an Rock camaro and we'd carpool to wrestling so some days i'd be in the back seat of my gym teacher's IROC camaro going down Highway 66 in Longmont to Lions dressing with her having vanilla ice on repeat as loud as that thing would go for 45 minutes.
1: The single or like the actual tape?
0: Well, it was the actual tape, but we rewound it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, So I, I had fond memories, but they also became not so fond memories too. Like, this Something messes with your psyche when you're listening to Vanilla Ice in a singlet.
1: Right? <laughs> this board game is create new raps by playing rhyming cards to fill in the blanks on the game board. Then wrap them out to the rhythm of the ele- the electronic beatbox mic. I feel like we should find a
0: copy of this game and make it happen.
1: <laughs> I feel like, like creating new raps by playing rhyming cards together to fill in the blanks is like... Cards Against Humanity, but with vanilla ice. And then you have a weird electronic microphone that's going to do a beatbox for you that you have to rap to.
0: Maybe that's the next iteration Cards Against Humanity with a backbeat, and you got to keep it in time.
1: <laughs> this game retailed for fourteen ninety nine. Could have been yours.
0: And he wasn't the only musician to have his own toy. MC Hammer had his own doll slash action figure.
1: God, MC Hammer... With his
0: shiny, shiny, glittery, silver two-piece suit and his big, thick-rimmed glasses.
1: And his shoes. Yeah. That's one thing. I know that the MC Hammer cartoon didn't come out in the 91, but that's one thing that never made sense about that cartoon was why his shoes were all of a sudden magic. (laughs) Plot hole. (laughs) And they could talk.
0: Well, we should probably let people get back to their lives here because this, I mean, I think we've hit most of the big guns from 1991. We'll have to do another year sometime. But, you know, if you're still listening, hopefully you enjoy this little trip down memory lane. Maybe it brought back some some memories. You can go to the website at gaygeekish.com. I'm going to put together a blog that has some of the toy commercials uh, for some of these things we're talking about together on it, so we can relive some of those as well. And, of course, chime in with what you remember from 1991. What toy were you playing with when you were sitting home alone? and looking for something to do or what was on your Christmas list all the way back 30 years ago I want to know what toys you were looking forward to
1: we might have a hard time finding the Vanilla Ice game because that's not on eBay
0: (laughs) and if you have the Vanilla Ice talking rap game DMS we need to talk
1: (laughs) they do have the Urkel board game where you can do the Urkel or Tornado Rex which is a game I used to have but now it's going for $267 so damn it (laughs) Did I do that? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yes.
0: Yeah, let us know at get Geekish. Hooray for 1991. And, you know, there's all those geopolitical things that happened, but what were we doing? We were sitting around playing with toys. Not much has changed, has it?
1: No, it hasn't. <laughs>